Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Two men. Two men. Uh, make that three men. No marketable skills. Always just one step away. One step away. From the unemployment line. <laughs> Strip Club Radio with Tim Rhodes, mm-hmm. Dane Hansen, and Glenn Miller starts now. Showtime. Oh, yeah. Well, Glenn is not with us today, but Wild Bill Fields from Tampa, Florida, in his place. How you doing, Billy? Fantastic. Hey, Bill, are you the head DJ? <laughs> I feel like you're setting me up for something yeah. here, but I am uh, what I call the lead DJ, yes. You're the lead DJ. My name with head uh, in the same sentence, unless I'm getting it, not giving it. <laughs> Dane Hansen is with us. He's the president of Panda. That's a strip club DJ union. I don't know if anybody knew that or not. Oh, oh no union. No yeah, union. owners out there, be afraid because uh, Panda's a union and they're trying to take over. Oh, it's mm-hmm. not? It's not a union? No, no. it's oh. just an organization. Oh, my bad. It's an educational association. We're here to educate and be professional. That's right. I missed you. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done the show. And since then, some things have happened with Dane. Sure. Like what? Oh, you're, you're asking me? Well, no. I was just kind of like rhetorical. Was, I ended on a question mark. They tell you as ah. DJ, never never end on a question mark. Like when you go, hey, we're going to bring Teresa to the main stage. You're not supposed to end in a question. You're supposed to end down. Most of the time that is a question because you don't know if they're going to show up or not. <laughs> yeah, anymore. You're right. Well, we'll get to the fact that Dane's girlfriend unfriended me on Facebook because I voted for Trump. Can we get to that at some point? <laughs> you can get to that. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> I w- apparently, I wasn't the only one. I talked to a couple other people. Like, yeah, she confronted me too. I get I it. I don't want to get unfriended. So it was I'm a very, yeah, it was a very emotional election. And if you want to hear more uncensored opinion about the election and much, much more, my man Wild Bill is doing a new podcast called Going in Raw with uh, Jerry Butler and Sam Stuckey. Sam Stuckey. Sam, I like animals. That guy's a trip. Let me tell you, you have no idea unless you've heard him on the air. He is a very opinionated, but man, he is funny. I love Sam. I like Jerry. I like what you guys are doing, though. So make sure you check out Going In Raw. You can search it on iTunes here. Uh, we're doing that today, right, Bill? You get that yeah, we're doing that today. If not, there's always the Facebook page. It's uh, just, just search Going, like the redneck way, G-O-I-N, in Raw, or Facebook slash Going In Raw. Right on. Great show, guys. Congratulations there, Bill. It's inspired by you, Tim. You know, you've had all of us on your show before, and that really sparked the fire. We wanted to uh, do a little something on our own, and uh, with your help and, uh, you know, just the fact that you motivated us, we're just happy we can be part of the podcast market and uh, give uncensored, unpolitically correct opinions, and that's all they are is opinions, not facts, but our opinions. And you know what? A lot of people see eye to eye with us on them. So, See what I did there, Dane? I inspired others. That's what I do. Very, very inspiring. That's the reason I beat off in the corner, too. But yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I wanted to talk about head DJs, and that's why I brought that up to Bill, because this God complex that some DJs have in the strip club world is getting a little out of control. For the longest time, DJs always thought they're way more important than they really are, and proof of that is that Dane is managing now, and the numbers have gone up. And if DJ, <laughs> if DJing... a bad DJ or a good manager. Yeah, if DJing was that important... Numbers would be going down when Dane's on the floor, not in the DJ booth. Not necessarily. If you're working with the DJ as you should be as a manager, then uh, you can help the whole club make more money. 
Yeah, I do want to talk to you because Dane's had a lot of success over the last month making the transition from getting out of the DJ booth to managing. And I think that's so important. We talked about it forever that DJs do see the whole floor. We do see who's fucking up and who's doing the right thing. You know, it's maybe not our place to say every night. And I think that's where maybe some of the DJs cross the line, Bill, where they they take on too much responsibility because they feel like somehow that's their job. You know, they're not just a DJ. They're the manager. They're going to tell the girls, hey, you're not doing that. You're not doing that. You're not wearing the right costume. And they, they want to tell the floor guys, help me get the fucking girls on stage. You know what I mean? They take on a lot. You know what I find myself saying three or four times a day, every day for the last five years when I'm at work? It's not my job. I'm just here to play the music or uh, it's above my pay grade. When somebody comes to me, don't ask me. I'm just the DJ. I just play the music. And I, I use that line a lot. Well, you're right, because this, this God complex. Wait a minute. Hold on, everybody. Hello, people. I am a DJ. Therefore, I am better than you. More important than the rest of the employees of my club because I play the latest Chance the Rapper song or DJ Khalid. I am the head DJ, in case you don't know. I am smarter and better and funnier than the other DJs that work with me. I influence lives with my music choices and the stupid shit I say on the microphone. Respect me. I deserve respect because I hear I am the God of DJs. Get the <laughs> fuck out of here with your God DJ complex. Dane, tell him. I don't know, man. I think that there's there's a way, like I said, if you that title seems to cloud people's perception, head DJ or or what lead DJ or whatever they want to call it. It's still you're still a DJ and you're still working with a team. And then when you forget that there's a team and you're working individually, then that's that's the issue more than any anything else. The head DJ thing came from a narcissistic way because we are a little ego driven. And so it's our way of going. I am the best DJ out of our group. I am the head DJ because I work a Friday and a Saturday night. Even when I was working the best shifts, I never said that I was the head DJ. Of course, I never had a DJ name either. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. My DJ name was a nickname that I had before I became a DJ. You know what I mean? Just uh, just in the, to, to make the story real short, I, you know, about 15 years ago, I was in a Denny's with another DJ who was just starting out. And we had these two DJs from this really primetime club walk in. And I, hey, guys, what's going on? The one guy was like, hey. And the other guy just kind of stuck his nose up and snubbed me. And I always said, man, if I knew I was next in line for his job, I'd put a hit out on him. And if I ever get that big, I'm never going to act like that. I'm going to make sure I say hi to the people that want to say hi. Remember the little guys. Help other people come up, not just you know, brush the dirt off onto them. You know what I mean? And I, I've made it a point in my career to – I found out that if you really are the best, you don't have to tell people you're the best. They're going to know it, and you don't even have to act like it. Just be yourself. I think the best place I ever learned um, how to deal with this was in Vegas working with a, a great group of guys, um, Sean Claveau being one of them, uh, that uh, he, he knew more than I did on, on a lot of subjects, and I knew some things that he didn't know. But when we put our heads together, we became a, a stronger team, like I said before. And uh, I think that uh, we learned a lot from each other by not having to be having to have a title. Has any of you guys ever experienced a manager who wanted to shake up what you guys were doing? Say, Bill, you were working, I don't know, Wednesday through Saturday or whatever, and then Dane was working Sunday through Tuesday, and I was working some days, maybe filling nights or whatever. And then and the manager goes, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to switch it all up. I want Rhodes to work some weekends. I want uh, Dane to get some weekend nights too. And then, Bill, you're going to do a couple day shifts, 
I know in my club, I have my aces in their places. I'm fortunate enough. I get to hire the jocks that work with me. And uh, I put really good people in good places, people I know personally. So they have a personal uh, tie to me as well as guys that are capable of doing the job. And, uh, you know, we have the right people in the right places. My club would never even consider moving things around because things are working perfectly the way they are. We've got a very strong relief guy, an amazing day guy. And you've got me on the on the night shifts. And that's where we all fit. Because I, this I, is happening at one of the very big clubs, and I won't mention any names, but they, they decided they were going to switch things around a little bit. And what happened was they ended up losing one of their very good DJs. Hmm. I just I just wonder sometimes, and Dana is the manager now, how, how do you see it? Do you see things differently now that you're on the other side? Some of it. I, I see that it can be used as a motivational tool maybe if you switch things around. Maybe things weren't going quite the way that you thought they should be going. But I don't know the situation, and and I can't really judge that you know that situation. But if if somebody's not doing or given a hundred percent, or becomes lackadaisical in their in their performance, then maybe the the threat of changing it around uh, will motivate them. I don't know. Personally, I think that's just going to cause a lot of grief and drama and animosity in the club if somebody's not doing their job. And I've talked to them about it two or three or four times, uh, depending on the severity of the issue. I'm just going to make a change and it's not going to be, let's mix the schedule up, screw things around. I'm going to find a replacement for somebody that fits in that spot, or I'm going to move someone else up into that spot who's deserving of it and then fill his spot. But I I personally wouldn't play games like that because you're going to hurt feelings. You're going to get a lot of animosity and you're going to, it's not going to benefit the club. If there's that tension, you know, from the DJ booth coming out, because I believe the DJ controls the energy of the room. If you put that tension into that slot it's going to create tension throughout your whole facility. Well, Bill, do you allow your guys to work a couple of your nights? Say say I'm your relief dude for two years and you haven't let me work a Friday night ever, but you know that I'm capable of doing it. Do you ever throw bones to your guys and say, you know what, look, you need to work a weekend night here. Do this. My, you know, my situation is really, really unique in the fact that my boss refuses to let anybody work any shifts of mine uh, unless it's a Tuesday or Wednesday night and it's a necessity. And then I have to clear it through him first. I mean, it's that I don't have the option to take off. It's not up to me. Why does he do that then? I, I don't think that's very fair either, though, really. Uh, you know what? It's okay. I understand that that's just the cost. You, you know, the price I got to pay to be able to maintain these shifts is I have to be able to work them all the time. Uh, you know, he, he constantly tells me you're 90% of the club. You're this, you're that. But you know what I mean? I, I don't let it go to my head. I know I, that you know, I've been there a long time. Everybody knows me. The the girls like me. The music's right on point. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I, I, he just He's always been that way. I just can't, can't take off a Friday. I haven't had a Friday or Saturday off in almost 20 years, guys. But that's what I'm saying, though. There's there's a there. If there is that shakeup, there's got to be a reason for that shakeup. There's got to be somebody that either is not doing what they the manager thinks they should do or is become like lazy in their performance. Yeah, but I'm talking about helping your guys that are working their asses off, but maybe they haven't had the opportunity to work a weekend night or make that big money night, but they're capable. So at some point, shouldn't you try to include all your dudes and let them work a a good shift? Or is this guy relegated to being a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday dude for the rest of his career? Well, I mean, I don't know about the rest of his career, but if that's what he was hired for and that's what he's there for, then maybe for the rest of his career with that particular company, I know I have a guy who I hired for day shift and that's what he does is day shift. That's his baby. That's his project. Those are his girls. That's his shifts. And he's responsible for them. Just like my relief guy is for his. Um, You know what I mean? I'll tell you when I do take off, I do take off occasionally a Tuesday or Wednesday because those are nights I'm allowed to. 
And, uh, you know, I always try to throw it to my relief guy first because it's technically falls to him to cover the shift. But, uh, you know, lately I've been throwing them to my day guy because he's capable too. You know what I mean? And he's actually more willing to work it than the relief guy is. So it all depends on your situation. Sometimes it's just a, uh, a manager or the person in charge of the DJ is just trying to stroke their own ego, trying to show their ass a little bit, uh, trying to exert control they wish they had but really don't. I don't know. I think the DJs think they're way more important than they really are. And now as Dane is a manager, you agree with me, right? Uh, I don't know. I think they're very important. <laughs> I think, uh, again, I think it's 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 got to be a group effort. It's got to be a team effort. And, and it's not one person that's going to make or break you. It's uh, it's the group that's going to make you successful. Wait a minute. Are you saying just one guy doesn't make the whole club? <clears throat> He can definitely uh, throw a wrench in your plans if he's not doing what he should what be doing. What are you but, uh, saying, Dane? What are you saying? That it's a group effort. It's a team. I know what you're saying, Dane. No, you don't. I do. Lighten up a little bit, boys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I never know what you're going to edit out except for my part. Well, if you bring some entertainment, maybe I wouldn't have to edit. I am. I'm very entertaining. I'm, I'm speaking the truth. So what have you seen now on the other side is being a manager, what are you seeing some of the issues that arise from being on the floor that maybe the DJs can learn? Because I like that transition from a lot of guys going from DJ to manager, because that seems like that is the next step. You're not going to be in the booth forever. I might I've seen be. that uh, DJs mood when they come into work definitely affects the, uh, the outcome of the evening. The what, whatever mood they're in when they walk in the door can really screw you up if they're in a bad mood or if they have girl troubles or if they have uh, anything like that they're going to play sappy ass love songs it just, i've seen that uh, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny to see all the times that my attitude probably did the same thing and uh, I, it's made me look back on things a little differently i don't know whatever i've had going on i might be pissed off when i come in the booth or upset but it seems like we can i can flip a switch anyway when i turn on the mic or play the music bill what about you Absolutely. I tell you, that's the one thing that really propelled me to the next level of my career is to no matter what's going on at home or on my way to work, I'm going to put on the same exact high energy, excited, happy show. I'm going to be nice to the girls today, just like I was yesterday, even if my dog died on my way into work. It's not going to change anything um, because that's that's I believe I am the mood of the club. My mood directly influences the club, whether it be positively or negatively. And uh, I always maintain that positive attitude and try to spread that to, to everybody that I come in contact with throughout the night. I think that uh, Tim can can vouch for me on this one. What what we've talked before about what if what if you uh, you and your girlfriend are having the text war back and forth in the middle of your night or your middle of your shift? They never seem to want to argue until right at that time when you get to work, and then all of a sudden you're getting 50 text messages and you're in an argument for the next three hours. I don't allow it. I shut my phone off. At one point, believe it or not, there was even a female in my life who wanted to argue with me while I was at work, and when I asked her to stop, she didn't. I unfriended her on Facebook, so she couldn't message me there either. If I have to, I do what I have to do because this is how I support my family, and that comes first. My kids eating comes before anything. It's a great way to be, but it's not how everybody is. I'm guilty of it. I'm, what happens is I may not show it on the mic, but maybe I'm not as active on the mic than I would be if I'm not trying to come up with the most horrendous things to say via text. <laughs> and you play uh, you play songs just out of habit. Right, right. Maybe I just go, I get too comfortable and just pick the next song, say the same shit, and then go back to fighting on my phone. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I need to evaluate my life a little bit more. Being out of the booth, I see some things that I probably did when I was up there. That's that's more of what I've learned is were my mannerisms when I was in the booth and having issues. And, and now I see 
bits and pieces of, of things going on with other people. And, and I go, man, I was doing the same shit, you know, and, and no wonder the manager was pissed off at me. And no wonder I did, because I can see it now from, a, from the other side, which I didn't see before. Well, you're completely transparent too. You can see everything on your face. And I've noticed that when I come up in the DJ booth, when you're working, I can tell if you're in a good mood or not. I can see Absolutely. it. Absolutely. hundred percent. And it's hard for me to hide. And it always has been. So, you know, that's, that's an issue that I've had. And so now making the switch to management, how do you say you're having the same issues, but now you have to deal with people? I can walk away from them for five minutes and not have to be stuck in the fucking booth talking to them. That's my favorite thing. And I didn't think I'd like it. But the fact that I'm carrying on a conversation and then I can walk away from you. Oh, I got to go do something and I can go take that break and I don't have to be there every three minutes. And I thought that I was going to become bored by not having something to do all the time. But I have a hell of a lot more to do outside of the booth than I did in the booth. Well, what is it? What's the biggest challenge that you've seen making the switch? Um, is there one or is there just getting many? people to respect the fact that you're not a DJ anymore and you're the manager and, and still re- keeping that relationship with them that, that you had before? They've got to respect you and respect your authority um, to a point or, they, or, or, or they're not going to work well for you. They're not going to do things you need them to do. Um, and so – by trying to make that that transition over, it's it's difficult. I think with some people to to gain that respect. Um, and other than just being a DJ, they they don't look at you as a manager. It takes time for that. I think good managers are not easy to find because you have to be the guy that strokes the dude who needs it, maybe smacks the guy on the ass when he needs it. You motivate, be critical without hurting his feelings. There's so many things at play to make to make a good manager. Have you seen that now? Yeah, but I, I think with me, the, the reason that I'm, I'm doing well at this is because I will go and do, I'll go and stock glasses and I'll go pull things out of the washer and I'll go pick up shit off the floor and I'll go, and then people see me doing it and it seems to set the example that they go, oh man, he's the manager, he shouldn't be doing that. And well, then they go do it. It's, it's more leading by example than it is me being good at what I'm doing. I'm just not afraid to, to work. Well, you know, Dane, you just used the, the operative word there. And a lot of people want to be a boss, but you're a leader. And that's exactly what you're talking about. You lead by example. Your boss is going to be the one sitting on the cart, whipping you in the back, saying, go, go, go. A leader is going to be the one leading the people for the charge. You know what I mean? And that's a big difference. A lot of people will work better for a leader than they will for a boss. I think so. And, and that's that's what I try to do is is to uh, to do what I should be doing and, and pitch in and help out when when it needs to be done. Not only that, your floor guys feel pretty crappy when they watch you walk around picking up napkins and garbage off the floor saying, damn, I should have done that, man. He beat me to it. So they're going to try to get to it before you do anyway. It's, it's motivational. It really is. What have you done in your area, Dane, to try to bring in some more business? Because we talked about this a, a while ago. Dane's in Winston-Salem, which is kind of a tough market. His club is kind of sandwiched between a couple other clubs that are doing a little bit better. How have you changed that? I go out and shake hands and meet people, and I know that sounds ridiculous, people that know me, but uh, I, I go out and uh, and I meet people that live around here, man, and go to local businesses and try to, to you know, get them to come in and see us and, and know that we're, you know, I'm new there, and hey, I'm just coming out trying to meet people, and, and it's shaking hands and kissing babies, man. Yeah, I don't know if you have a lot of car lots around you, but we've always done real well with those here. You know, you get to meet a lot of people at one time, people who have disposable income like car salesmen and and the mechanics and stuff. So just a little hand. If you got anything around you there, those are great places to go. Get to the people that that 
are talking to everybody in the public. Those those are the people that I'm trying to reach. The restaurant and bar people, like you said, the 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 people that sell cars, the people in major businesses where they have a lot of traffic coming through. Those are the people that I'm trying to get to know and and get them to know me and and feel comfortable coming in and seeing me. I like that. And how's the social media stuff doing? Because Dane does very well at putting the word out about where he's working with being on I've, social media. I've been really lucky to have some people in the past that I've watched and learned from. Freddie Woods in Vegas did a great job with that with Treasures. Um, Kira, who's on the Panda Board of Directors, is is amazing at social media. I've learned a lot from her. And, and you know, you guys, too, just being on with Panda and everything has really, I think, given me a, a, a springboard into doing this correctly. Right on. Switching gears, Bill and I were talking about branding as a DJ. I know I get DJ's shit for being a little God complex, but I think there is a point where you do have to brand yourself. And at some point, it can't be just completely team player. You got to be a little bit of self. Bill took a lot of shit when he first got into Panda because he was he was working with Cover Jock and because he was making extra money. And like Bill said, look, I was in 70 clubs, not just one. My voice was heard at 70 clubs minimum because of the Cover Jock opportunity. I'll be honest with you, branding has become a little less important since we have Panda now. But back in the day, that was if you want to score that big gig in you know, Atlanta, if you want to go take Tim Rhodes job, they better know your name better than they know Tim Rhodes. But now, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the networking that we've set up in place has really made that not as important, but you still want people to know your name. You know what I mean? You, you got to have your name out there. Well, on that point, Bill, I think that, that what Panda has done is everybody does know your name. And if you fuck up or I fuck up, everybody knows your name. Right. So it, I think it's, it's more of a detriment now if, if you're a screw up than it was before because nobody ever found out about it. You know, I spent uh, probably about 15 years ago, I decided to brand myself, meaning get my name out there, meet people, let them know who's Wild Bill. Wild Bill, we've heard of this guy. You know, but uh, honestly, what's really, uh, I think, uh, helped my career is just um, my reputation to go with the branding. People want to get their name out there, but they don't want to have anything to back it up. I want people, when they hear my name, to be like, oh, yeah, we heard about that guy. He's great. He's reliable. He doesn't screw the girls. He puts on a hell of a show. Man, we wish we could have him work at our club. You know what I mean? I want, you know, it's branding is just as important as reputation. I feel they go hand in hand, so. It's turned into kind of a DJ roundtable, but again, Dane, as a manager and having to replace you as a DJ, how do you train new guys? Where do you find the new guys if they can't, like, and Winston-Salem is such a unique market because you don't have a bunch of guys that are willing to kind of move to the area because maybe the money's just not worth it, frankly, yet. So how well, did first you- of all, you can't replace me. You know that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's that God complex. Oh, I found a guy that's a karaoke guy, never DJ in a strip club before. No bad habits, no Kentucky windage. He knows how to play the music. That's already done. And all I've been, all I've had to to help him with is what and when to say it, uh, and and reading the room. And those are things that reading the room is something you can teach somebody. Uh, playing the right music is, is difficult. Um, if you got if you've got somebody that doesn't know what music to play, it's really hard to teach them. I think it's like matching your clothes some people are colorblind and some people aren't and it's really difficult to get somebody that doesn't have music a musical background or a lot of knowledge of music to to go with the flow and play things for the entire room so reading the room i think is the biggest thing that i've had to teach him so far and uh, he's catching on very fast but his music knowledge is is above and beyond many people's that are been in the booth for years. So I think that's very helpful to him. Give me and some pointers. Give me some pointers on how to read the room. What are you telling him? 
Well, you've got to see people's reaction. When, you've, when, when a song comes on, you have to pay attention to that first 30 seconds or even 15 seconds to see how people react to it. Are they tapping their feet? Do they look up? Do they smile? Are they excited about it? Are the employees and the girls into it? Because if you get your employees and you get the girls dancing, it doesn't matter. If they're dancing, the customers are going to love it because they want to be cool just like all the young girls running around dancing. So I, I think that it's, 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 a, it's that initial reaction that you have to really pay attention to and then figure out how to go down that path with the same type of music or that same path, take them back through that same, you know, when I was 18 driving down the strip with when, you know, when I saw an 18-year-old naked woman the last time, that's, that's where you got to take them back to. And I, I think watching reactions is, is the best way to do that. Well, I'll tell you, that's one of the hardest things with these new guys in the business. They don't have the experience we have. They didn't ever play uh, um, music in this industry back when it was rock and roll or, or, you know, back in the day, rock has fallen off so much that it's hard to find somebody who can play anything other than hip hop and rap music anymore. So if you can find somebody with a diversity of music knowledge that appreciates all genres, uh, you know, old and new, that that's a huge start for you because you can turn a mic on and, and uh, as long as he doesn't sound like Pee Wee Herman, you can kind of mold him into who you need him to be. Well, I'll ask you, Bill, what's more important, personality on the mic or music selection? I think it's a toss-up. You need everything. I, I think if you want to be great at what you do, you have to have a little bit of all of it. I think experience is the most important thing. I think uh, if, you, if you play shitty music, it doesn't matter what you're saying. Um, you're not going to go over well with the, with the room. But at the same time, if you're just going to sit there and insult people and, and whether you're playing good music or not, then that's going to be annoying as well. So I agree with you. I think it's 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 maybe 60-40. Here's my advice. Hold on, to hold on. 60-40 what? 60 percent better music than personality? Yes. I don't agree with that. You can say less on the microphone until you get more comfortable with less of a personality and play better music and still get away with it. No, I think you're giving yourself way too much credit for music. And any DJ playing music for that matter. I don't think any song or genre is specific, but I think you have to play music catering to the era of your room. You have to play music they know, they're familiar with, real popular stuff, whether they like the genre or not. You got to play stuff they know. Recognizable. I'll disagree with that too, because I'm playing an all EDM format every night from 11 o'clock on. Everybody everybody hates it. Everybody hates it. Well, except for the numbers. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Did I, just, did I just hear? I am God. My name is Tim Rhodes. No, I'm saying the music I play is shitty. But and no if, one likes it. But because the, the format. Work, if the numbers weren't working, then. That's then it. That's what. Be playing it. Well, that's what I'm saying. The numbers say different than what you were just saying. Because it keeps that energy in the room because you're playing EDM and you keep it's, people moving and tapping whether they like it or know it or not. They're thank still you. into the They're still into the vibe of the room. Right, so it's still no, but I'm not saying they like it though. You said if they if they enjoy the music, if they like the music, no, they they don't. They don't like the format we're playing. We do it for a reason, and there is an energy factor there. But it, there's also I can make up for it with the shit I say on the mic, and I'm not insulting people all night long. I'm I'm insulted by that insulting comment. You can have fun and make people enjoy themselves and not be insulting. We run all EDM after midnight. And I grant it, that's not the music they're asking for, but I can play the EDM in a way where they're still content and they're not leaving over it. Be honest with you, they don't care what I have to say. I say very little. I say they don't care what you play. They don't. If, if the girls are hot, 
and they come in there and they and they are greeted with good personalities at the door from the door girl to the to the wait staff and to the bartenders and it feels homey and the girls are hot i've been in clubs where i hated the music i didn't give a fuck if the girl i'm looking at is fun or nice or i like being with her See, that's not me. If I go into a club and they're playing a bunch of crap that I don't like, I'm not going to hang out. I mean, that, I'm there for the vibe, the feel, the environment, and that's a huge part of that. But environment. you can't. You can't. You've been in this business 25 years. You can't say that you're a normal customer, man. These guys don't come out every every. You're there four or five nights a week. You can't Most, say I'm normal, period. But that's beside the point. I'm just saying it's. Most of the I, customers are there to see girls, man. They're not here to, to hear what the fuck you're playing. Then do this experiment. Next week when you're working, play nothing but country music and see what happens. People like country here. I'm in Georgia. You forget. Then find a genre they don't like and play and see how many people don't walk out. I do it every night after 11. So that's nope, proof. It, but What's you're no different than playing the music too fucking loud or, or uh, turning it down so quiet that nobody can hear it. it it's, it's an energy in the room that you're creating and... and if you're playing shitty music, people are going to leave. I think you're giving us way too much credit. I've always said that. Well, Tim, I think just because you're playing a genre of music that not everybody's asking for or likes, you're playing it in a way that people are still enjoying themselves because they feel the vibe, the party, the the mood is still there for them to have fun. I believe somebody said it's a journey some one time. I don't know who that was, but <laughs> that would be Dane Hansen, everybody. And I think about you often. You're directing traffic around the room with what you say and what you blah, play. blah, blah, blah. You're giving the DJs way too much credit. I just don't. I've, I've been in rooms where the DJs are horrible. The music sucks and I still have fun. Still have a good time. And just the opposite. I've been somewhere where the music's good and the girls are ugly and I leave. You know what I mean? The music's not going to keep me if, I, if I'm looking at a girl on stage who's fat. It looks like she just got fucking pregnant. I'm not doing I, it. All right. Now I'm all fired up. Oh, I want to. I want to do another twenty minutes, but we can't. All right, going in raw is the new podcast. Where can they find it? Yeah, Wild Bill. Once again, right now it's just facebook.com forward slash going in raw. We also post on a lot of the adult groups and stuff as far as the new episodes. New one came out Wednesday at eight p.m. every week. And Dane Pandamembers.org, right? Any other um, thing you want to promote? Do your jobs, guys. Keep your heads up and uh, stay out of trouble. Play great music because well, that. You know, I'm gonna, I'm no, gonna no, no, no. Bill, Bill. Ah, I got some good advice. All right, go ahead. You know, my dad, he's, he's in recovery from, uh, he was an alcoholic. He's been recovery 38 years. Great guy. Awesome. Has great advice. He tells me the pain is in the resistance. The difference, you have to be able to, uh, to uh, identify um, what situations you have control over and which ones you don't. If it's not something you have control over, forget about it. Maintain your positive attitude and just do your job and have a good time. Really? We waited all that just for that? <laughs> well, I'm Jesus sure you'll edit Christ. it out later anyway. So long. Take care now. Bye-bye then. Bye. Strip Club Radio is coming to a close. But don't worry, baby. We'll be back soon. Yeah! Oh, yeah! Go to stripclubradioshow.com or search Strip Club Radio on iTunes. This concludes our broadcast day. Bye-bye. See you next time.